You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Homeland After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Homeland After Show. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, After Buzzers, and welcome to the fifth week of the third season of Showtime's Homeland, episode entitled The Yoga Play. I'm your host, Thaddeus Massey, and joining me today is... It's Nando Velasquez. Hello, everybody. Lauren Leonelli couldn't be with us this evening. She's hunting uh, Peter Quinn. Yeah, she's, she's looking for Peter. <laughs> but if she was here, she would have found him. <laughs> she's, she's stalking Peter Quinn, who's stalking somebody else. <laughs> right. There you go. Yeah. So that's a nice little segue into Peter Quinn. <laughs> so Peter Quinn is uh, now has been brought into the circle of trust by Saul. Yeah. And I thought it was smart that, well, that's my personal opinion. I don't know what you guys think. I love but, that we can talk about Peter Quinn because he's in this episode. But yeah. yeah, the past two episodes have been so Peter Quinn heavy and he hasn't been on the show. Exactly. I just love this. So now we have to talk about Peter Quinn because he's on the show. Peter Quinn heavy a la Peter Quinn. Leonelli. Yeah, totally. Right. So <laughs> now, now, now Peter Quinn is actually a part of the episode. Like, yeah, he's finally in. Like you said, well, we just got into the circle of trust last week. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> now, we learned before Peter Quinn did. <laughs> they, they, they let us in. That was like the big reveal after last uh the, the end of last week's episode but now we have uh Saul has hit Peter Quinn on the hip and was like come through and oh totally he told him what was going on i mean i thought that was uh to me i thought it was wise that uh he brought him in because he seems to be a guy that you know he has shown they have shown that he's somewhat ethical and he's very loyal and he's very uh talented at what he does well yeah i mean so he's a good guy to have on your team I, I think he's been incredibly loyal and i think the fact that uh you know a couple of weeks ago when he uh was talking to saul that he wanted out because right. he was very conflicted after after shooting that kid right uh i think that definitely showed that he has morals right and and saul couldn't show his play i think that's the main reason why because my, my big question would be why now right why couldn't he let him know beforehand right. why now especially when he cares so much about carrie uh but i guess he had to be sure right and they had to make sure the play was was it was in play. The play was in play, right. literally. And exactly. now that the bait was, has been taken, which is Carrie, now Saul knows that Quinn cares for her. And, and you know, we all know they're going to hook up eventually. Yeah, Come on, let's exactly. face it. We all know they're going to hook up eventually. Exactly. So, so I was like, okay, I know it's going to happen. So why don't I just let you know what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> why don't I help it? Why don't I be a little Cupid? Right. And, 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 and why not, you know put somebody in charge of her that you know has her back yeah. beyond beyond work but that's my question my question is is peter quinn emotionally compromised because remember when saul when he knew something was up at the house he yeah. spoke to carrie before she went to bed yeah and he knew something wasn't right even though he got off the phone with her everything was fine yeah. she was going to bed or whatever he saw i guess he, he thought that okay when the when it was a question whether or not carrie had compromised the operation based on her Mm -hmm. yoga play he thought it was, he assumed it was the cia that was back on uh her yeah. detail and watching her because of course the only people that know about what's going on is 
Saul and Carrie. Yeah. So now that Peter Quinn is in on it, he saw, I guess, that was one of Javadi's men that was standing watch I to guess make it, sure. It was never 100% was cool. clear who that was, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that was Javadi's man. I, I'm assuming that. You know, it looked more like a, like a thug. <laughs> I well, guess. it did. I Not mean, like but, a CIA suit or anything, right, you right. know? Uh, I thought it was interesting that he's emotionally compromised, but so is so, so you're saying he is emotionally compromised? I think I think he is a little bit emotionally compromised. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I can agree with you on that. Okay. Well, I, that's my question. I'm not sure. Is he emotionally compromised? Because it seems like he may be because he came in when he so well. well you know, is he what? protecting? Is he? Uh, let me put it this way: Is he protecting the play, or is he protecting Carrie? That's the question. You're but part say, of right? his, part of his play, part of his role is to protect Carrie. Yeah. In, Within the but play, if, but if Carrie's messing up, right? Like, she con- was, yeah, like when she was going on the yoga, go, going to the yoga, exactly. he, he, he pops up and he's like, "Yo, what are you doing?" And she's like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, you know, you're further compromising this thing. I know what I'm doing. Blah 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 blah. So, well, look, uh, but that's when it, that that for me was when I was like, "Oh, he's like, here's a good he, question. He's, he's emotionally compromised." Here's a good question. It might be a good, <laughs> it might be a good question for the audience. Uh, uh, if right. uh, if this was a regular FBI agent or CIA agent, excuse me, if this was a regular agent. Mm-hmm. Who was supposed to do detail on Carrie and didn't have this kind of relationship or this kind of tension with Carrie? Right. What would he do if he saw Carrie going off, off the range? He like might that? still do what he did. You think you think a good agent with no major relationship would also compromise himself by trying to say, "Hey, Carrie, what are you doing?" And then and then put himself in that uh, in that position where he has to stall the uh, Javadi's guy and right. assume the the her tail. To the point where he might compromise the mission himself. Oh, you mean at the at the yoga at the yoga at thing? The, the yeah, yoga I mean thing, that's yeah. a lot. That's a lot there that someone's putting out their neck on. Right. Or would he just call in to Saul and go, "I don't know what's going on, but but Carrie's not doing what she's supposed to do." Right. Because that would be what I think a good soldier would do. I think a good soldier would report back to his to his superiors. Right. That all right, something's wrong. Right. And not go in and say, "Come on, what's you know?" He didn't tell he didn't tell Saul what happened. He didn't. But you know, the, the Quinn seems to be more of a like an independent contractor. <laughs> Well, again, and how he operates. But again, so does Carrie. I mean, mean, Saul said it too. It's amazing how similar they are in a way. Like that's why I I think Carrie's more of a rogue. Like she she's more of like an insubordinate agent as opposed to like independent contractor. Yeah, I suppose that's true. You know, just like but they both both have their own rules a little bit, or at least they both seem to be having their own rules. I mean, Quinn seems more like that now. They they both. Well, let's let's talk about why they ended up with the yoga play and yeah. how this whole thing came about to begin with. Mm-hmm. Jessica shows up at the beginning of the episode at Carrie's house, mm-hmm. which was totally unexpected. I guess as a mother, you feel like I'm desperate. I'm going to have to go and see if I can get some strings pulled to get my daughter found. Yeah. But I wasn't expecting that. And at the same time, I think, you know, she was risking the operation. Do you guys think that Carrie should not have risked the operation hmm. by going, reaching out to the FBI and, uh, you know, even implementing the yoga play just to see if she can try to help Jessica locate Dana. I mean, at first she was like, no, 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 I can't help you, mm-hmm. whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then Jessica just, like, broke down. Yeah. And as a mother, I guess any mother would. It's like, you know, I'm at my wit's end here. Like, if I'm coming to you... It has to be like there, <laughs> there has to be no other alternative I have. Like they're like social pariahs. Like she can't. I mean, I guess she can't get any help. They're not even getting any government benefits anymore. They've been totally like cut well, off. Well, first of all, you know, considering the relationship that Jessica and Carrie have had in the past, this right. is yeah, her last hope is right. to go to somebody that she has herself. 
had a, a bit of a, a problem with yeah. and, and, you know, knows about, she knows about the affair. Yeah. She, no, knows, she, yeah, she totally knows she, about it. She totally knows about it. And yet she has to go there and be like, look, you got to care, you know, you got to help me out. This right. is his daughter right. as well. And she even mentioned, she was like, you know, you were right about, you know. Yeah, you were right. You came to me and you were right. And yeah. even though in the back of my mind, I knew I was, you know, I knew something was wrong when you came and said it. I ignored you. And yeah. This is my daughter. I know something's wrong. And obviously something was wrong because, mm-hmm. you know, she was in the hands of we don't know what this guy Leo. Yeah. That's still left up in the air. And the situation has proven that me and Lauren Lee and Nelly were both wrong. I don't know. I can't remember <laughs> what your prediction was on that. On those two? On those two. If someone was going to die Leo. or something? Yeah. Her, her prediction was she was he was going to end up dead some kind of way. Leo, the yeah. boyfriend. And my prediction was that, that she, she was, was going to have to be the one to kill him. I don't know if I made a prediction on that. I'm trying to remember myself. I, I can't think you, remember. I think you stayed like, uh, neutral on that one. I think I stayed neutral on yeah. that one. And you know what? I guess like, in a way I was right because it was a very neutral. Uh, you know what? It was a pretty anticlimactic scene. It, it was. And I, that's what I was thinking. I was watching. I was like. Uh, that was a little anticlimactic. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, nothing really happened. He didn't end up like going on a killing spree or uh, right. or something major happened. But you know what? I will say, if if we're jumping into to her really quick, yeah, uh, it really wasn't character for her. I, I really thought it was an awesome move to say you lied to me. It's as simple as that. Right. It doesn't matter if he was going to go on a killing spree. It doesn't matter how many guns he's going to pull out or if he's going to do another suicide pact or, or whatever he was going to do. She said straight up, you lied to me. Right. My dad lied to me. Yeah. And, and again, uh, I think as opposed to the brother who we barely saw this episode, I think we saw him in a long hallway shot. That's yeah. about it. Yeah. The reason why uh, Dana, the Dana Brody relationship on this show is so important. And as much as people are annoyed at Dana, right. I, I think the thing to remember with this and, and why it's – so important is her relationship with her dad affects all her relationship with her men. Right. So look at this guy who's lying to her. Right. And she just seems to be wrapped up with guys who who don't tell the truth. Who are, are not forthright. Yeah. And she's really sensitive to it. Again, yeah. I mean, not to say that she should forgive him for killing, possibly killing somebody. You right. know, he but he was obviously lying to her. Right. So I, I would say for as anticlimactic, I think everyone just wanted to see a shootout between Dana and Leo right. or a suicide pact with both right. of them going. As anticlimactic as it was, it was on point for her character. And I think yeah. it does say a lot for the plot with her. Yeah. It made sense. Yeah. And even though it was using, overusing this word and like anticlimactic, but it, <laughs> it, it still, it rang true for her character. Is it climactic so, or climatic? I don't know. Let's just use both, climactic okay. and climatic. <laughs> if you guys want to call in and give us your two cents of what you guys think about anything that we're mentioning or talking about right now, you guys can give us a call at 424-256-1729, 424-256-1729. And we appreciate all the comments that you guys uh, make on YouTube and iTunes and otherwise because um, we just watched the show and – we have uh, theories and ideas about everything, just as you guys do, and we want to hear what you guys have to say. And you know, I, I gotta, I gotta mention that somebody said something about uh, the chat room on AfterBuzzTV.com uh-huh. wants to hear from us too, or wants to, to voice in. So I'm, I'm trying to get on to this week. Right. So we'll, we'll try and get you in there too if you got something. So uh, yeah, we'll keep it, we'll keep an eye on you. Right. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. So. The Dana situation, she comes home, she breaks down, she cries, and it's just all too memorable of the situation with her dad. It was more of an emotional ordeal as opposed to drama. There's nothing, you know, there's no action that happened. There's nothing, you know, but I was fine with it. How it ended, she, I'm not sure if I was. 
okay with her running over to the cop. That was at the end, but I guess you're kind of like, okay, well, how do we finish writing this sequence? Well, again, out? that's so. why it was so. It was so like, I want to go home now. I'm right. done with this. I'm done right. with this. You lied to me. That's it. I'm right. done. It, and that's the teenager. I'm running back still. to mom. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, it's funny when uh, when uh, Carrie went over to uh, Agent uh, Hall. Yeah, Is that his name. Yeah. yeah, and he was just like playing it off, like, oh, they're on a fuck fest. Right. Excuse me, but that's what they said. That's right. No, that's, that's what he said. That's they're what he said. On, they're on a fuck fest. They'll be back. Yeah, they're teenagers. They're teenagers. We, we already had the drop. We were listening to to them yeah. on the line. Totally. And they're just two teenagers in love who <laughs> <laughs> ran off like... Two teenagers in love. There's no national security going on with that situation. You know, it's like the audience doesn't want to see him. Neither is the FBI agent watching the birdies. They're like, I don't want to see him anymore. It's right. okay. They'll be back when they're back. All right. Exactly. <laughs> and they will be back. They'll be back. And one of them will be back. Right. At least one of them. Yeah, at least uh, one we'll of them. Let's see what happens with Leo because I, I, but I think that situation is not completely played out and we'll see uh, how that goes. The guy who played Agent Hall though, yeah. he was I don't know the actor's name, but he was in really quickly a fun fact is if anybody recognized him, he was a cop in The Departed with Leo DiCaprio and Oh really? Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember the scene where Martin Sheen got dropped from the roof. Oh yeah, I remember that. And he was one of the cops like the the uh Jack Nicholson's crew drives up into the alley and he was like, "F that." And he started shooting. He was the first guy who started shooting. Mm. Like he knew something was wrong with okay. the whole scenario, and there was a shootout between. It's been a while since I've seen the part. I saw it when it first came out, yeah. and it's a awesome I love that movie. movie. I've seen it a million times. Oh so. god, I gotta see it more times. Yeah. But I do. Obviously, I can totally remember the falling off the roof scene. Yeah, so, he, yeah. Was, he was the good. He was one of the good guys. He was oh, one okay. of the good cops, and right, cool. he he started shooting. I was like, oh, that's the guy from. But he, he was a little he, inept in this. He was a little inept in this episode. <laughs> At least his character, not the right. actor. Because uh, I mean, again, it, you know, Carrie actually spoke some reason. It's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're compromising. What happens if Brody? Wants to reach out to someone and right. thought, you know, but that was just, I think that was, that was a reach because the FBI is like already on top of it. They, were, they, she, they weren't she, really on top of it because they let her go. Yeah, but I don't think and they didn't give a crap. Just, just like he said, she, they were on a, you know, a fuck fest. So <laughs> again, he wasn't, again, he wasn't, he didn't care. I almost like, feel like the FBI represents the audience in a sense. It's like, I don't care about Dana. <laughs> let her do what else she wants to do. <laughs> God, I see too much of her already. <laughs> the FBI agent is the eyes of the audience watching, going, oh. Dana? Yeah, let her do whatever she wants. All right. I don't even want to see I don't even want to see a fuck fest. <laughs> I don't even want to see it. <laughs> well we saw enough in the room with yeah. the sheets and all that bubble. I don't want to see it. That's the last in, time in I'm the laundry it. room. And that's the last time I'm gonna say that word. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I say it two or three times and that's it. And this starts getting me gratuitous. Right. Yeah. It's right. all good. So it's a family okay. show. Okay, right. Somewhat. It is, it is, yeah, some, somewhat. <laughs> somewhat. I mean, is Homeland a family show? I'm not sure. <laughs> nah, not even close. <laughs> not even not even close. So do you think what do you think was the motivation behind her Carrie risking the operation for Dana? Well, I mean, do you think it was because obviously she's not connected to to Jessica, hmm. and I'm not, I don't, you know, I, I'm not sure she's well. She doesn't have any children herself, so I think what she said to Agent Hall is really why she wants to make sure that Dana's okay because she still cares about. She's emotionally she compromised. About, yeah, she still cares about Brody. Brody. If Brody, I mean, even though uh, she sent him away, and yeah. apparently, apparently, to the audience's knowledge, and we know that we can be wrong the right. way they tri- tricked us last week. Right. Uh, to our the, our best knowledge, Brody is in Venezuela in a in a place where he can't escape because of her. Right. Because that's where she sent him. Strung out on heroin. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> supposedly that she heroin. may know that heroin. Heroin. Uh, yeah, I mean, because of that, she, we don't know that for sure. She might think that he might come back and try and reach out to Dana. She wants to protect Dana. Either, either to protect Dana because she fears, she feels that Brody might sneak back in and go to her, or because if something happens to Dana, maybe 
Maybe Brody will come back. Maybe Nick Brody will come back to the States to find out what the hell's going on. Maybe right. he'll compromise himself. Right. So either way, her intention is because of Nick Brody. Yeah. Well, and I then, guess ultimately that would be her. And again, that's why I think it's kind of interesting to see her being emotionally compromised and Quinn being emotionally, somewhat emotionally compromised, slightly different right. reasons. But so it's, it's like it's a distant similar. lover love triangle. It's almost like, yeah, it's like infatuation it's, thing it's a going subtle, on. it's almost like a subtle soap opera. Like, I love you, so I can't let you do this. Right. I love you, so I gotta protect your daughter. You right. know, it, it's almost like that in a way. I mean, there, there's a lot of intrigue and, and espionage, and, and, espionage all and all that. I mean, we saw more espionage this episode than we've seen all season. This episode so felt now, more right. like a Homeland episode. It, it did. And, I love the yoga play. Yeah. I don't know who this standing actress is that Carrie has that just dresses up as her and goes to the yoga. Oh, no. Yoga. That was a teacher. Wasn't that? was like the yoga instructor, I thought. No. The yoga instructor, I think, was the guy who was who was walking around the students when she first walked in. So they must have this all worked out. Oh, okay. Because remember, the girl was sitting in the back. The girl was sitting in the back of the yoga room. Oh. And Carrie walked to the back, and they were dressed exactly alike except for Oh, okay. Carrie's hoodie. You know Which what? She wouldn't be wearing if, I she was, if she was actually doing yoga. She would put that on after she was done. All right. And then she runs out the back. I stand corrected. I was in with uh, Max and Virgil. I must have been down writing something. I like, <laughs> I like Max and Virgil. It was Max so funny. Max and Virgil. That's so funny. <laughs> she calls Virgil. Virgil's like, eh, no, sorry. I'm going to call me. you back on the other line. Right. And you better be more right, right, <laughs> on top of it with right. the yoga well, Actually, it was Max that she called. It was Max. And then the, Virgil was listening. Virgil's, Virgil's, uh, Virgil's brother. She yeah. called Hall first, and then she called Max because she called Virgil like. Well, Virgil didn't give a crap. He hung up on like, her. Like a week ago. No, but he gave her. No, well, he didn't hang up on her. Well. He gave her the tip like, hope your mom, tell your mom she's doing okay. So she, he was, she already knew that no, he's no. being watched. Virgil, yeah, that was Virgil. Line. Yeah, that, that was, was Virgil. That was like what last week or two weeks ago. That was, uh, yeah, I believe it was last week. Yeah, so she would normally call Virgil, but she called Max because maybe they're not. Oh, uh, yeah, I meant when she called Hall, Hall right. hung up on her. That's what I meant. Right. But yeah, right. So it's good to see that she has two guys that, although they know they could lose their jobs, and it's but you know it's <laughs> funny. help her out. It, they're almost they're they're like comic relief in a way too. It's like I got to go to these guys. And they're right. they're awesome. They're reliable, but they're they're. It's really funny to see them there. It's kind of in a subtle way, like those two. Uh, I don't know. It was like Transformers Three, like the two cars. <laughs> Are you comparing them to <laughs> Transformers Three? Those those Remember the, goofy, the, the goofy. Yeah. Like, yeah oh my god. It's really? Kinda, it's, kinda, it's in a subtle for the CIA. <laughs> You got Virgil and Max, and then you got guys of, like Peter Quinn, I could think who are totally so not. So many under, other older references, probably, but yeah, it's like C3PO and R2D2 exactly, or something. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what Max and Virgil or Abbott and Costello, or that, I don't know. Exactly. Let's go far back. It's that's, definitely what, that's what Max and Virgil represent. Lucy and Ethel. I don't know. I'm just Max trying to, and Virgil. Max and Virgil. Yeah. Or Abbott and Costello. Two Laurel and Hardy. You'll whatever. Always have I'm a job. dating myself. I'm not that old, but right. I'm old enough. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And if you don't know who that is, go, go look it up. Go <laughs> <Don't> look it up. <laughs> but again, I wasn't there when they were when they were around. Right. Got it. So, do you think that Peter Quinn's his emotional his emotional attachment to Carrie is going to eventually get him hurt or compromise the? Because say he got there like say he got there like a second earlier while they were still. I but that, think... but see that the thing is that's all part of the play. Like if they know that Carrie is supposed to meet Javadi in person, yeah. He's going to take his own, you know, measures or his own precautions. Well, here's what I think about to not get made or not, you know, to yeah. make sure that she's on the level. Here's what I think about Peter Quinn, and and without getting into the hunky conversation, thank God we, we don't have to do that this week, right? Uh, <laughs> if you're if you're pro hunky, that's okay with you. I'm, right. I'm 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 all for it. Right. I uh, just want to talk about it. Um, 
This season, as opposed to last season, we've seen a more human side of Peter Quinn. Right. And therefore, I think what's really good about this show is when people's lives are at stake. Yeah. You know, when when there's something to ri- at risk. Right. And first of all, the relationship between Quinn and uh, Carrie. Carrie is at risk if Carrie gets hurt. Right. But I think it's very possible that Quinn can put himself in danger because of this. He's not thinking necessarily straight. Again, he's not thinking like a good CIA cop. Right. You know, oh, excuse, agent. When right. he when he's going out there risking uh, risking himself, being compromised himself. Right. To stop Carrie from being compromised. I like I like the fact that he has those kinds of instincts. His instincts tend to be. He tends to be on point with his instincts. Yeah. Like, he knew something was wrong in the house. Like, something's not right. Yeah. And he went in there, like, but at the same time, it's like, okay, she's either getting, like, the CIA, mm-hmm. CIA's not going to nab her. And if, if it's Javadi's guys that nab her, well, they're supposed to. Yeah. Because she's, that's part of the whole operation. Mm. So I'm I'm like, why would he go in there either way? And I was also actually kind of surprised that they got the they kind of got the drop on them. Like usually, that was a little shocking. I was shocked by that. But I don't again, know if you Quinn, guys were shocked by that, but I was kind of shocked for the by the fact that well, even though he kind of figured it out after the fact, yeah, the fact that they were able like he was sitting there yeah. surveilling the you know. Well, again, Quinn wasn't Quinn even wasn't happy that he was as far back as he was. So right. so something must have happened between between the actual yoga play and that night where where he decided to either stay farther back or he was told to stay right. farther back. So he wasn't even happy with it. So yeah, they got they well, definitely Saul got the drop. Him, yes. Yeah, they definitely got the drop on her uh on him right. uh to get her. So it was very interesting, especially the way he's been playing her earlier in the episode. Yeah, he's been playing her close. Yeah, he's been playing her close. But I so. guess after all that, it was kind of like and she made it in the nick of time at the yoga <laughs> at the yoga studio, like well, isn't it a Hollywood? It, right. Isn't it a Hollywood minute right, right. there? She you know? comes back in, just uh. like patting herself with the towel, like yeah. the fake sweat on her. He's like, oh, okay, the guy's mm. like, he, he like goes back. <laughs> anyway, it, but anyway, going back to the when they got, you know, when they when they nabbed her in the house, it was yeah. kind of like they got her, mm. they strip her down, like yeah. cut her clothes, like wow, that was, that was a harrowing scene. I thought they were going to do a lot <laughs> worse with her, man. I thought I was like, damn, they're right. treating her like a prisoner, kind of, right. Yeah. Right, made her change clothes, and she puts on her all black sweats or whatever it was. That yeah, they threw her on the floor, but it was really dark clothing. Mm. And like he, they, they, uh, what did they, what did they do? They pass like the wire detector. Yeah, over they, by, while she's butt naked. Yeah. Like, wow, that's serious. That is pretty serious. Like, I want to know if there's any devices and scary. that there are. Like, she was genuinely scared over this whole ordeal. I mean, I, mean, I she guess she didn't know what they were gonna do. I guess she just expected, I don't know, a limo to come up and pick her up and just drive her someplace. She didn't expect this kind of thing. Well, probably because the attorney uh, and his partner, the ones that got her out of jail and they were helping her out, the ones that got her out of the 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 mental facility, yeah, they've been courting her mm. like this whole time. Well, let's don't forget too. There's something else here that that uh, we can't Quote, miss. Unquote. That we can't miss. Carrie and her meds. Right. She did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she, she dumped her meds she did dump earlier her meds. in the episode. And you know when she when she is when she's on her meds, she's a lot more stable. But yeah. at the same time, her senses are dulled. And when she's been yeah. off her meds, she gets a lot more paranoid and she gets very nervous and agile and the ticks starts the ticks start working. Right. So it's probably pretty But she's also on point with her predictions of what's gonna happen and what's going on. Yeah. When she's not on them. But she's genuinely scared or freaking out. I mean, I, I guess that's part of the bipolar disorder that uh, it's very easy for her to fall back into these types of habits. Right. You know, when she's under pressure. So, yes, she's right. She's correct. And, and she was smart enough to not overly freak out 
But right. again, you see the subtlety in it. You see, she was genuinely scared for her life. Well, she kind of takes them, and then she kind of not takes them, and then she mm-hmm. takes them, and she kind of not takes them. Yeah. Well, in this episode, she starve them, throw them out. Yeah. She, it's like it's a gamble. When, yeah. Whenever she, whenever she decides to, or whenever she decides not to. Yeah. I haven't seen like a method of her taking them, or maybe it's mm-hmm. more when she feels guilty or she feels like forced to take them, then she'll take them. I suppose, I, I guess maybe because uh, I, I, it, it still isn't clear exactly why, when, when she doesn't. Right. At least in this one right now. Right. But I suppose, if anything, it does support the fact that she's freaked out, uh, uh, you know, like crazy. Yeah. Only thing I get nervous about with a carry off her meds is, and we know, we're pretty sure now that the, that the play, this whole, not the yoga play, but the actual play that Saul has had with her right. has been, uh, on from the start of the season. Yeah. So the only thing I've worried, so I guess when she ran over to uh, a reporter, the reporter, just yeah. to reveal everything, mm-hmm. that that was part of the play. Yeah. So the only thing I would be nervous about if that wasn't part of the play is she might freak out so much that she might give away her position. I mean, she already she already <sighs> almost compromised it. So that would be my only thing. Yeah. I mean, we'll see that next week because it looks like she gets strapped to a polygraph machine. Yeah. I, and I Javadi is going to... Um, Ask her some questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's. <laughs> Which I'm like, okay. Let's. Uh, well, you know what? I want to. Let's talk about your body. But before we do, let's yeah. just mention uh, iTunes. Okay. That, you know, you you. Uh, if you're watching us streaming, you can also be listening to us on iTunes. And uh, hey, we're on iTunes. So uh, and thanks a lot. We've, we've been getting actually we're pretty high up on the afterbuzz. Yeah, list we're on not iTunes. doing too bad. Yeah, we're not doing too bad. Not so too uh, we love it. Uh, if you're listening to us and you subscribe to us, please rate us. We love fives. Uh, tell a friend and also <laughs> uh, also feel free to write your comments in there and let us know what you think. Uh, and also, uh, you can also write comments on YouTube, and uh, we'd love to to hear from you and uh, and see what you guys think about everything. So yeah, please do. Yeah, and there's a ton of other AfterBuzz shows uh, on iTunes as well that you can listen to your favorite TV shows there. But yeah, listen to us pretty first. much everything that's yeah. programmed. Well, on. listen to us first, or yeah, or Scandal Two, or Walking Dead. Oh, Walking Dead. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm not on Scandal. Are you not? What are no. you on now? Are you on? Um... I'm on the League on Thursday. Oh my god, I love that show. Which is on FXX. I love that show. It's a fun, funny, yeah. fun, funny show. So Thirty check, minutes sitcom is hilarious. Check us out on other shows. Yeah, check but us out on other shows. Let's uh, let's talk to J- about Javadi because it's the first time we got let's to see. Let's talk him. about Javadi. Yeah. And before we get into the character. Yeah. This guy, I don't know this actor's name either, mm-hmm. <laughs> is the guy who played the shop owner in Crash who didn't speak English very well. <laughs> and he thought Another Michael great P- movie. Another, another Oscar gr- winning movie. Exactly. Oh my God. Exactly. <laughs> and this guy's character held a gun on Michael Pena's character mm-hmm. because he thought that he didn't change the locks properly and they robbed his store. Yeah. And he went to buy a gun. He went to buy a gun with his daughter and the guy... Gave him planks, sold him oh, planks, yeah. and then sell, sell him real bullets. Damn! Look at you, Mister Movie Aficionado. I love this. I love so, you brought two Oscar-winning movies into this uh, into this podcast. I man. just remember <laughs> it was an excellent film. Yeah, it was. Crash was Oscar-winning. Crash and the Departed, uh, huh. a star-studded cast mm-hmm. film. And this guy, I remember, I was like, "Yo, he has such a great performance in that film." Mm-hmm. Uh, it was hard not to to remember him, yeah. seeing him play this character, Javadi, but. It was interesting to see him uh, come into the States and just enjoy mm-hmm. eating a burger. He was eating the burger in the car. Oh, yeah. And he Nice American ju- food. Right, nice American food. <laughs> and he, like, he just reveled and savored the taste. It was like, mm, it was like, this is so good. Like, yeah. 
you know, I, you know, I obviously don't have burgers wherever he came from. Uh-huh. He they don't have burgers, so he just or maybe it was just a spot that he really really likes because he hasn't been in that part of the country for a really long time. But you know what was you know what was kind of funny American about that food, too? baby, American, American food. food. But what was really funny about that because I know you're going there anyway is is he's busy watching this house while he's eating his American food. And, now, it, and it was very typical like steakout, right? Like cops on a steakout. Let's right. get some donuts or whatever. <laughs> right. He's eating American food, spilling spilling juice on himself so, yeah, like a cop. It was kind of like. <laughs> One of those, like like another four, like forty eight hours or something, like a right. multi character doing that. Like like he was all, you know, clean and everything yeah. like that. But still, it's like he's messing up. He's being totally loving the American life for, right. for that moment. Right. And actually, on the chat room, um, just wanted to say, Javadi. There's a, there's a guest on the chat room who decided to call himself Javadi. Who's like, who was Javadi watching? <laughs> That's what I wanted to know. That, that was my next question. Like. Who was he watching? He, yeah. There was a kid there, and then the lady came out, grabbed the kid, and went back in the house. Yeah, that was interesting to me. No, no, I don't, I don't get this 100. percent But um, that was not the same house that they were scoping out later on. Right? Okay, I'm not, I, sure. I'm, just, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not 100 percent sure. sure either. I, okay, because that would be the only thing. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong, and, and apologies if I, I didn't get. It was such a quick scene, and I was doing something yeah. else. But um, but I, I, I didn't get to see the show uh, fresh as as you did. So, but that yeah. was the question I'd probably have because otherwise, I'm guessing we'll get to find out a little bit more in following weeks who that family was. Who that family was, what they meant, who they possibly yeah. were, or if he was just reveling in the burger in the American life. Well, yeah. Of kids playing on the yard. Again, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting scene to see him kind of it's almost like he's wistful. Yeah. It wasn't even a stakeout, but I, I like to think it was a stakeout because right. it reminded me of it. But it was almost like he was wistful. Right. You know, it's like here you are, you're an enemy of the American people, and yet <laughs> you're enjoying a burger watching a family. Right. That's what I was kind of thinking <laughs> like, of. Like, oh. The irony of the whole thing. It was like, <laughs> oh, if only, if only I was. So maybe the subtle message yeah. was everybody wants the American dream. <laughs> They just wanted to be fair, but, but or if whatever. they don't, I don't know. if they can't get it, deaf to America, right? I don't know. Um, but it was an interesting thing. But I'm, I'm really glad uh, driving his Mercedes Benz, <laughs> totally. his, his driving network. his German car. Yeah, and it looked like there was some house in the hills when he got there. It was like some mm-hmm. plush pad that had no furniture in it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that we finally get to see who, um, who the the main target is, right? This season, because uh, the first four episodes, I think part of the thing that's been lacking in the first four episodes, even as good as last week's episode was, was I think we, I barely even knew how to say Javadi's name. It was like we barely even heard him, right? I mean, they were they were killing six targets that uh, at the time we, you know, even the, they were all obscure. Really, they were we, all really obscure. We didn't really know like who was who or what they meant, or we just know they're all part yeah. of this. This, this even network Saul's, of yeah, even Saul's know, superiors terrorists. were like, yeah, we don't care. We want the main guy and we want. Brody. Right. That's what we want. And then and then it seemed like the, the worst the worst people that we saw were really the bankers from episode two. Right. That was about it. Right. I'm waiting for them to reintroduce <laughs> that whole to have Javadi hanging out with the bankers, maybe? To, to... I, I hope it's something like that. It has to be something high up and just sinister. Mm. It just has to be. Like in order for the homeland fans to be satisfied. They're oh, you the, know what? The, to quench their thirst of speaking of, <laughs> speaking of Javadi, since you didn't mention the actor's name, uh, someone named B Henry on the chat room said yeah. it's Sean Tobe. Oh, okay, and he was also an Iron Man. He's been in a lot of stuff. I have to pull up his IMDb file, but uh, but Javadi is Sean Tobe. Yeah, he has been in a lot of things. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, B Henry. B so, Henry, shout Henry. out. Yeah, shout out for that info. So that, we're paying attention. That intel. We're paying attention. All right, cool. So what? I, let, let's jump into 
And I, I know some of you guys hate when they say, oh, that is, he jumps around. Blah, blah, blah. Don't worry about it. I know, but let's do it. You know, we're on limited I'll time. Get on track. So I'm trying to cover everything. I'll get you on track. What's right, up? right. So say it. let's talk about Saul. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have to talk, talk about, about Saul. Because talking about intel and yeah. intelligence and whatever and how Saul is, you know, how his mind works, he's a, he's a field guy. And a field guy to, to actually have come with the level of success with this operation that he has with Kerry so far yeah. shows that shows his genius mm-hmm. and what he does and how good he is. good he is i mean he's beyond good he's a genius at it mm-hmm. he knows how to to operate because politics and field operations really don't work hand in hand obviously yeah. and he's he's shown that but he's effective at doing what he does managing Kerry and managing a situation or scenario even mm-hmm. though to me, like I said last week, I don't know, some people are going to be like, you said he was unstable. I think he is unstable to, to a certain degree, but I think he has a handle on it, like I said before. I think just like Carrie, mm-hmm. just that it's just like they are, she, he's like the older guy version of her. That's why he's her mentor. That's why he loves her so much. That's why she's like the prodigy child because he is like the 30-year senior of her younger Less mature version yeah. of each other, kind of thing. Did you call him unstable? I don't know. We were fighting about that. I we said, yeah, I said he's, like, no. I said he's stably unstable. Like he's unstable, but he has a handle on it. And I think yeah. I say he's unstable because there's certain things you can tell about a person where mm. they don't have a grasp of a situation besides their one small aspect, which probably makes all the difference. But there are other aspects where you look at it and like, oh my gosh, I can't trust this individual. Just like Dar Dar doesn't trust Saul's judgment. Yeah. Because there's other surrounding circumstances for a guy of, of that veteranship with that kind of experience. He shows an instability in mm. the decisions that he makes, but it's also his, his ingenuity and his instincts, yeah. which make him seem unstable at mm. the same time. Well, I mean, from like the perspective of his peers, professional peers. Yeah. He's unstable to a certain degree, which well, is kind of like kind of the reason why he's getting passed or he got passed over for this well, job. Well, first of sucks. all, first of all, I don't know if he sucks. It's a high pressure situation. No, I said the situation sucks. Oh, the situation yeah, sucks. Yeah, that okay. sucks that he got passed. over. I was over. gonna say Saul doesn't suck. Yeah, Saul uh, doesn't suck. Yeah, Saul does not suck. But I, uh, you know what I think? It's it's just a high pressure job, and yeah. and to this point, again, I, I said it before, and, yeah. and it's 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 an easy way to say it. he's middle management. He really is middle management when it right. comes down to it, and all of a sudden they they promote him to the top, and he's been used to being on. He loves being out in the field. Right, that's his thing. He loves having someone to report to and being up at the top. It's a high pressure situation. You have right. other people, obviously, that probably feel they're they're they, they can do the job, and and of course, when you're always that high up, people are always going to be. When you're the boss, when you're the king, everyone has a, you know, they want to they want to get their hooks into you. Yeah. And, and Dar obviously has his own impressions uh, on what he wants to create, and, and everyone's very and his own agenda. And, yeah, and of course Lockhart too. And and that's what that's the problem with uh, Saul ultimately. I, he that's why it seems somewhat indecisive, and he doesn't trust anybody. Notice right. he did this play, and I, I'm he not saying he, he should have. I'm not saying he should have trusted anybody. Yeah, we don't know. We I, I don't think Dar. We were we were saying Dar is probably a mole or something like that. I don't know. I think that's I, too I'm obvious. Not sure about that. I think though. that's a little too yeah, obvious to go there. Yeah, and so and Homeland's too smart to really go there. Right. But uh, but yeah, he can't really trust anybody, and it shows. Right. And you know what? Because he doesn't really trust anybody, the only person right now he seems to trust is Carrie, and and to an extent Quinn. Yeah. Right. No wonder. No wonder. As much as we want to see Saul in the charge, because I think we all love Saul, right. no wonder he got passed over. No wonder he had this episode with Lockhart, where Lockhart's like, oh, by the way, I'm being nominated. 
I want to punch that guy. <laughs> if you guys want to punch Senator Aaron Lockhart yeah. as well, like go ahead and write something because this dude was like, I mean, you just want to smack him. Yeah. Because you're so like smug and like, and you're just like, and then he just went up against this guy in the Senate Intelligence Committee mm-hmm. hearings about this whole thing with Kerry, right? You know, that was all part of the plan and obviously they don't know about it. Yeah. And it's just, it's so ironic that he was, they were used as, puns in in Saul's genius play yeah. to make this whole thing and draw Javadi out and he's going to be appointed the the director of the CIA now. It's yeah. like really a joke. Well, is it well, it's all political. They it's go, all politics. They, they man. go they go geese hunting which their duck season was over and yeah. now we're almost at the end of of goose hunting season. Yeah. We'll hopefully go catch a couple of big ones out there and you know Saul gets blindsided with this, you know, Lockhart's like uh I don't think you quite understand what's what, what, going on. What's it here. called? Is uh, now correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I almost feel like isn't the term lame duck like when someone is somewhat in charge but then not really like a lame. Uh, I, I don't know what's the oh god because I really feel like there's a duck analogy there probably too. <laughs> probably. I almost feel like there probably, is. which is why they use. I feel that. like I feel like I want to say Saul's a lame duck in this situation because he's getting passed over. He's getting completely passed over, right. which is, uh, which is kind of funny, but yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, it's, it's terrible. The audience, obviously, I'm sure, I'm sure you guys all feel for, for Saul. Yeah. And I, I, what I love about this is mm. we got to see Saul mad and Saul taking action. That's what we get to see right now. This is Saul not like being manipulative right. or being like, I can't really reveal what I'm supposed to be doing or indecisive. Right. I mean, by the end of this whole thing at the party, it was kind of like the drunk ex-lover, you know, <laughs> at the wedding. Does anyone have any objections? Yeah, I got an objection. <laughs> I got an objection over this whole thing. Right. You guys, you guys are terrible for each other. You right. know, she's no, going to do just this. Kidding. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I mean, it, but it was in such a good way. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as that, but it was in such a good way. Right. And I loved, it was totally professional. I loved and, uh, seeing blah, blah, blah. him mad. And then he's like, I got two weeks to stir some shit up, you know, and he Basically. just walked out of there and, and he pretty much pulled it out. Like he said, he said, it's political. You know, this, this political. phony political, I can't remember the exact words. I didn't write the line down, right. but pretty much just, just figurehead, just putting his air up and trying to, uh, hand up in the air and trying to feel the breeze or something like that. Right. Put, put a finger out and fitch, figure out which way, you know, the, which uh, the wind's blowing. Yeah. And I guess to a certain degree, do you guys think, and this is a question, do you think it's better to have somebody who's a field operative, uh, who has experience in the field to be the director of the CIA or have a politician there? And I'm kind of on the fence really? with that mm-hmm. because, you have people to answer to and you have certain – there's so much bureaucracy yeah. uh, at that level that I don't know if – they might fear that someone who has experience in the field may not comply with the wishes of the higher-ups. Like even the president. Like yeah. the president was the one that you know had this whole hunt, you know, organized this whole thing. I'm so. going to go further with this. I'm going to say it's not even a CIA thing. It's not even worth saying as a CIA thing. I think it's a business – I think it's a job thing. I mean how many people have busted their ass at a job? Right. Right? Work in the trenches. You're talking a job. Right. And a lot of J-O-B, people J-O-B, work yeah. in the trenches. And right. all of a sudden, like, there's a job opening. And you're like, you've been a loyal soldier this whole time. So the CEO's speak. nephew who just got out of college. Yeah, and exactly. No job some nepotism <laughs> happens. Again, right. some some inside politics right. happens. And someone else. And, and who deserves a job more? Does the person who really works their butt off and knows everything inside and out? Or does the person who, who uh, you know, gets up there through politics, through whatever reason? And, and as far as CIA, as far as we're going to CIA, here's the thing. A field op is out in the field. 
Right. Okay. They don't know. They don't deal with the higher ups. They don't deal with all the crap that the government, you know, the government officials do. Right. So that's the downside of having a field op. He might be down and dirty. He might know what to do and might figure some stuff out, but he doesn't yeah. know. He's awkward with the brass at the top. Right. He doesn't know how to be political. As opposed to a political head coming in there. Right. Doesn't know all the ins and outs. And I I would say thinks has a superior – I don't want to say superiority complex. But in the case of Lockhart, yeah, probably a superiority complex. And feels, oh, you know what? I, I, I can reinvent the wheel. So well, he already has probably this like superior to complex. Oh, yeah, especially absolutely. after the whole, the whole especially after the whole Senate hearing. Yeah, uh, he Senate thinks hearings. they're inept. And obviously if he's getting uh, appointed, yeah. there was obviously some stuff that we didn't see that was going on behind the scenes anyway. Oh. Where he uh, – sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, because this is there's, awesome. Yeah, B. Henry's my new friend here. He, he, <laughs> he, uh, B. Henry wrote, lame duck means an elected office holder or group. Continuing in office during the period between failure to win an election and the inauguration of a successor or an ineffective person, a weakling. So there we go. Lame duck. Wow. Yeah. So how, how fitting is he going duck hunting oh, and man. he's a lame duck himself? Oh, my gosh. Thanks, B. Henry, for that. Yeah. That really, awesome. sucks, for, that really sucks for Saul, though. Yeah. I but really, anyway, uh, continue your thought. I apologize for that. I just no, wanted to no, bring that up. Yeah, but just just uh, the fact that uh, this guy has been brought in, and he obviously has like a superiority complex because after this, the, the the Senate uh, intelligence hearings, mm-hmm. uh, this he obviously was the one asking the questions and probing. Yep. And there, if this you know was coming on blindsiding Saul, obviously this was happening behind the scenes yeah. where he was you know dropped a hint that he was going to be the one that was going to be up to become the director mm. and Saul and nobody else has any idea yeah. what's going on. Oh, and they're yeah. not in the power. They have no power. Like, and, and this is what makes me think Dar is not a mole. And it, Dar, Dar is over here thinking Saul is going to be the guy running things just because he's the guy right now. Yeah. So, you know, that's what, that's what kind of makes me think Dar is, Dar is, you know, Dar is not a mole or he doesn't know what's going on. He just thinks Saul is going to be the one to obviously take the reins because he's a senior guy. But yeah, but Dar's got his own agenda too, I think. Dar does have his own agenda. He has his own. We get to figure out what that agenda is. Maybe he's with Lockhart. Maybe that's what the sneaky stuff is. Maybe he's on Lockhart's side. Mm. You know? Mm. Or, or you know what? Maybe he's a guy saving his own ass. Because Saul's obviously going to be possibly out, or who knows what. You know, especially after that speech, Saul's definitely out. But I think Dar was Dar is like in charge of special ops or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he right? is. They're going to use those guys regardless. Those guys are going to have a job. I think. I think the nature of it will probably change a little well, bit based on who who's in charge of the CIA. But just like he was mentioning, he wants to save the CIA, obviously, because the nature of it would change with a guy who's a politician. And this is the conversation that Saul and Lockhart had. Yeah, he was talking about military action. Based on them getting poor intel and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And mm. Saul was explaining that, look, that's the nature of the job. You get bad intel, you get good intel, and you just kind of have to roll with the punches and figure it out along the way. Because yeah. that's the nature You've of You've got to roll that, with the punches. Yeah, that's the nature of that business. And they've been successful so far to a certain degree. I, so you can't, you're not going to get good intel from 17,000 yeah. feet in the air from a drone. It's Again, not going to happen. I loved that speech he had at the party. Just yeah. pretty much saying what the field ops have to go through. They're just constantly dealing with bad intel, trying to figure it out, the good from the bad. Right. And, and at risk all the time. And, and it was an awesome, amazing speech about what the, what the people in the field are, go through. It was a, like a low-key backhanded compliment to him getting the nomination because he walks away and everybody just looks at him and they're like, oh, do we clap? I do, we drink? I do, wish we drink? He, do we drink with him? I right wish now? he had a microphone and just dropped it. Right. I just wish he did that and walked away. Yeah. That would have been awesome. But you know what? Let's not forget the afterwards. 
He gets home and pretty much sees. OMG. Yeah, and pretty much sees his wife's and then having an affair. And she even goes as far to say, Oh, I didn't know you were. I didn't think I didn't you were coming, coming home. Really. You're, now you're telling on yourself. Yeah. I didn't think you were coming home. First of all, she doesn't go to a – I'm surprised she wasn't like his plus one at a party or something like that. I guess it was so secret. Uh. Or I don't know what. That's kind of weird. And meanwhile, she's out having some uh, some wine with uh, this, you know, this foreign guy. So awkward. I don't know where he's from. Yeah. So awkward. Like, oh, I didn't know you were coming home. Um, This is – Oh, why not go? Oh, hey, sweetheart. I'm glad you're home. This is such and such. Yeah. As opposed to, I didn't know you were coming home. That, that, oh, let's it's face a, it. It's the most it was subtle pretty things. obvious. It was just pretty oh, obvious. Yeah, exactly. uh, you know. <laughs> something was, she was planning on getting some. Probably, mm. I mean, was, was that a week or two weeks ago? She was trying to get some and Saul just went to bed. He was like, eh. Sent her back to her room. Yeah, I guess. I, I, so maybe just... she's like, she wants some. So you want some affection? Well, she you know what? To, you know she does. I, I mean, I said this. She's trying to uh, make moves to help their their relationship progress. Yeah. I think Saul's, I said this. Uh, I said this before. I think the week when you guys were out, when you and Lauren were out, uh, I said that Saul's ineffectiveness. What we thought at the time, at least, was Saul's ineffectiveness for um, for doing the assassination attempts. Yeah, showed up in his in his uh, in his ineffectiveness in his relationship with his wife. Right. It just shows in that. And I think right now, just pretty much what we get to see is that Saul's true partner is his job. Is his job. Yeah. That's right. That's his lover. He's emotionally attached. <laughs> attached to his, to his job. job. Everyone's emotionally attached to something. Something. Everyone's emotionally attached to something. But yeah, that's that's his lover. And that's, he's pissed off. That's his jilted lover. Right. Meanwhile, his wife's having an affair and he's like, right. yeah, whatever. Whatever. I got to deal with this. It's like the mistress that he's really in love with yeah. while he's stuck with the wife. Yeah. And then – Finding out your mistress is cheating on you because that's what happened when mm-hmm. he found out he's not getting this gig as the director. I think he would have been happy turning it down as opposed to just being passed over. Yeah. Being passed over sucks as opposed to just, you know what, I'm not sure this is the right position. I mm-hmm. think I'm going to go ahead and let you find someone more suitable for this because at the end of the day, I think Saul is comfortable. Yeah. Being well, you know, I think initially he was uncomfortable with it, and mm. I think he got more comfortable thinking maybe he can actually impose some change on the agency, yeah, and uh, you know, make some different things happen and, and change the tone that was there before with the STs and those guys. Mm. But to be passed over, it just it just really sucks. There's a difference between having an option, yeah, and just not having the option. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, as opposed turning it down as opposed to nah, well, we're gonna go with this guy over here. B Henry uh, like, is what? asking on the chat. You know, other people get on the chat, man. B Henry's asking on the chat if uh, if we like Saul better as a director or we like him better as his old role. And I, I honestly, hmm. for me, I re- I really liked Saul by the end of this episode. I guess I guess he's still director, so I, I right. kind of like him as this. I, I kind of like it when uh, when he's taking action. You know, as opposed I to, I didn't like him as director when he seemed ineffective. How about that? Right. And I like him as a mentor, but I really am enjoying, like I said, I really liked seeing him pissed off this episode. Yeah. I really, this is a different side of Saul. I mean, Manny Patankin's a great actor. This is a different side yeah. of Saul. I yeah. liked him getting pissed off. Yeah. And he's got two weeks to stir some shit up. Yes, he does. Technically. And we shall see. And, and I, I'm hoping Lockhart doesn't last. I don't think Lockhart's such a major character, so I'm really hoping nothing against the actor. I'm just really hoping we don't get to see much of Lockhart. I really am like what I don't want to see. It's all about Saul and Carrie. Yeah, it's all about Saul. Well, that's kind of that's kind of going into predictions. You want to go to news and gossip real quick? Uh, do you we have any? You want to talk about anything? Uh, I don't, you know, I didn't have a chance to look up news and gossip t- this week, so um. <laughs> now, let's do predictions. predictions. That's nice. That's a, who's in the booth right now? 
I think it's Lemieux. That's I think Lemieux, it's Steve Lemieux. Lemieux. Lemieux took the cue. They took he us took right to predictions. Awesome. So since we're talking about since we're talking about predictions, well, let's go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna let you go ahead and. All right. Uh, well, since we're talking about this guy, yeah. Lockhart, you're, mm-hmm. you're saying you hope that we don't see any of him. I don't think he's going to be around that long. I don't think so. Well, I think, first of all, that speech was great. I think that speech was awesome. I think uh, I think Saul still is a lame duck. Okay. But uh, you know what? It's like the well, Based old... on the definition of what's going on with the yeah. higher-ups and who's really in charge, yeah. yeah, he's definitely fits that bill. Yeah, but I think— No I, pun I... intended. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Bill. I definitely think that I definitely think we're not going to see too much of Lockhart. I think uh, I think he ends up being the bungling— You know what? Like, we've seen this in other TV shows. Yeah. You know my favorite? Like, being 24, when yeah. Keith Sutherland's character, Jack Bauer, always has some superior screwing things up right. when he, just when he's got the handle on it. Right. I, I think Lockhart's going to be gone after two or three episodes, so I'm, I'm hoping for that and uh, I, I don't think that means Saul will be in charge again but I think at least uh, hmm. you know it'd be funny if Dar would be funny if his Dar got promoted that would be interesting just when you think like Lockhart uh. they get rid of Lockhart and Lockhart's not promoted and Saul you figure Saul's the best one for the job and then Dar because Dar is so different than Saul they have their disagreements too so it would be really interesting hmm. I think that's a stretch okay I'm, but we'll I'm, see. But I'm we'll reaching see. for the skinny branches on right, the tall trees, right. man. I'm, yeah, I'm going. I so when well, I get it, I'll be like, I told you so. <laughs> that's a, that's, so I that's a good one. If that goes down, that's that's really, really okay, good. Okay, cool. Uh, as far as Saul's concerned, I think the opposite. I think that we're going to see Lockhart around for a little bit. Yeah. And I think that him and – I was going to say Mandy Patinkin. Yeah. Him and Saul, Saul. Are, him and Saul are going to war. They're gonna, there's going to be a political battle that's okay. going to ensue I you, I can with see these that. two – and we should inspect to in, inspect expect to see it simply by the tone in which he left that party. Yeah, he left that party. It was like, and he said about he mentioned the two weeks. Yeah, some stuff is going to happen in the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. This guy Lockhart, smug, brash, punk senator, <laughs> thinks he's going to. I think he's going to start trying to call some shots before he's officially running things. And he's there. He's already Saul is. Already on his watch, especially after the the hearing. Look, you again, know, it's, it's I like, like Saul Mad. I like Saul Mad. I, like I, I want to see. I want to see a war. So I'm totally. You know what? I like. I, I want to go for my prediction, but I agree with you. How about this? He's One last new, thing. He's the new Estes. One last thing. <laughs> One last thing. Uh, Brody, watch. We should have a Brody watch because we can't see him. Brody, Brody watch. Brody. Next episode, yes or no? We didn't see. Uh, well, we didn't see any clips of him. Two episodes. Two episodes. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. This is five. I'm gonna say by eight. That's when we see Brody again. I say by eight. seven. End I of next episode. I say by seven. End of eight. At the very end, I agree with Steve. So Lemieux says by. He says he agrees with me. End no, of he eight. said he said next episode. I oh, said end of next episode. Oh, end, end of next, next episode. episode. So he says six. I say seven. You say eight. Okay, awesome. we're gonna mark that. We're gonna mark that. We're gonna right. Out right That's what we're gonna say. Okay, cool. All right. So until ne- next time, Nando. Where can we find you? Oh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nandovel. And you can find me at Club Thaddeus on Twitter and Instagram. And you can see me here Thursdays. For the league, FXX oh. on and, Afterbus, and me on Walking Dead and Blacklist. What night? Uh, Walking Dead's tonight, except for I wasn't on this week, and Blacklist on Tuesdays. Excellent, awesome. Until next time, After Buzzers. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Afterbuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the Afterbuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.